My name is Michael Hildebrand, and I'm the director of the Upstate Mobility Alliance. We are a nonprofit focused on making the Upstate of South Carolina a vibrant and connected region in the areas of transportation and mobility. Today, we have Katie Smith, executive director with Piedmont Health Foundation with us. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. Katie, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I have lived in Greenville County for a little over 25 years, and my background is in social work, but in macro practice, which is community planning, community organizing, nonprofit administration. And so I've always really enjoyed working in the social sector for the good of community residents, but at that space of trying to bring people together to solve, solve thorny problems. And I lead the Piedmont Health Foundation, as you said, and a network of funders in town called the Greenville Partnership for Philanthropy. With the Piedmont Health Foundation, your mission is to improve health in Greenville, South Carolina. Describe a little bit about Greenville's current state of health and what are some of the major issues that people face here? Yes, well, most folks know that South Carolina is low, in other words, poor on a lot of lists related to health outcomes. We have, uh, you know, a fifth of people here smoke cigarettes still. Uh, more than a quarter of folks are obese in, in South Carolina and Greenville County. 20% say that they are inactive most weeks, um, and 12% of people have no health insurance. Those are all kind of indicators, but they're not the real outcomes. The outcomes of those things are things like high rates of heart disease, high incidence of stroke, um, high incidence of diabetes, which you know, limits the length of people's life. And while they're here, reduces their quality of life. There are so many ways that we can look at how to impact those health outcomes and improve them. Piedmont Health Foundation feels like our role is really focusing on what people call the social determinants of health. So what that looks like is, you know, someone, for instance, who might be overweight or obese, the problem might not be that they don't know that certain foods are healthier than others, but they can't afford to buy healthier food or there's no healthy food available in their neighborhood. It might only be a gas station that serves, you know, prepackaged stuff. Um, they might not have time because they're working two jobs to do meal prep with healthier foods that are affordable. And really folks might just be stressed about making ends meet. And that stress takes a huge toll on our health and can do things like increase our risk for heart disease. So Piedmont Health Foundation really focuses on those social determinants, determinants of health, like livable wage and access to transportation and good quality housing. And we feel like that and kind of focusing on the policy realm of that is, is where our sweet spot is. It's interesting you mentioned the social determinant. That's a, a term or a phrase that people in healthcare are really aware of and, and know a lot about. But my experience has been when you try to talk about the social determinants in the community, people have a hard time making that connection. What's your experience been with that? Yeah, it's there are so many phrases that are so wonky and they, they start to mean something to those of us who work in that field. But when you throw it around to someone who doesn't work in healthcare or social work, it's kind of like, what does that mean? But practically speaking, we can all see the social determinants of health at play in our everyday lives. Even if you can afford healthy food, you know that if you are crazy busy and there is nothing on your route home that makes it easy for you to get something healthy, like that's part of your social context that affects your ability to be healthy. Or if you wanna go out and start a running habit, 
but your, your social world around you, the society in which you live, there are no sidewalks. You live on a road with busy traffic. That is going to influence your ability to act on that knowledge about health that you have. So when I think there's a diagram that a lot of people who uh, work in, in health use, it, it's kind of like that onion, like the rings, the inner concentric rings. Yeah. Center is that individual. And so what we know about health and, and what can improve our health is one thing. But then out of that is our family. How does our family feel about it? Out of that is our, our close context of our school or our workplace. So if you work in an environment where there's donuts out on the table every single morning in the break room, that's going to be a little, make it a little harder for you to make a healthy change. So that's an easier way of thinking about those social determinants of health. We need to find a better word though, to make it more accessible to folks. Yeah. And I think just for so long, we have always thought about healthcare around when we're sick, we need to try to switch and get people to think differently and, and think about, so I'm well, what can I do to continue to stay well instead of, all right, I'm sick. What do I need to do? I agree totally. And when we think about whose responsibility is that, it is definitely the individual's responsibility in some way. It is definitely at the other end of the continuum, the healthcare institution's responsibility to help us have a good outcome if we come in for help with a heart attack. But all that stuff that happens in the middle about how our world like helps us as individuals make better choices and deliver us in better shape once we go to the doctor and hopefully not to the emergency room. Yes, there's so much more to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even though this wasn't planned, it's a perfect segue into the next question. So uh, speaking of something that society really has an impact on is transportation. And in 2015, you did some research around transportation in Greenville. Talk a little bit about what you found from that research. Yeah, and, and I'll say it's funny how we landed on even deciding to do that research as we thought about, okay, what is going on in the world in Greenville County that helps or hurts someone's ability to be healthy? There are so many things that need attention, but we landed on transportation as a, as a real key barrier that it felt like no one in a real coordinated way was trying to um, address. So we started by doing a study to better understand what was people's experience related to transportation. There were many, many uh, factors of this research we did, but the most compelling part was a survey that reached 3,500 residents of Greenville County, which is a really big number for a survey like that. Not a scientific sample, but still some of it was striking what we learned. We heard from respondents that transportation or lack thereof was a key barrier to their economic success. They said things like, if I had more reliable transportation, I could get a job with better pay. You know, I could work different hours that might be better for my family. They also said, and this was really surprising to us, that car ownership was not necessarily an indicator of mobility, whether economic mobility or actual physical mobility. So of those 3,500 that replied, 75% of them owned a car. So 25% did not. But of people that owned a car, 25% said that they were often not able to drive it because they couldn't afford repairs or gasoline. And of those people who had that problem, half of them, that was a few times a month or more. So if you think about if I have a job and I don't show up five, a couple times a month or more because I can't put gas in my car, that job is not going to last for very long. People talked about transit could be a part of it, but we do need better sidewalks to help get people to bus stops. And 
we need more other forms of transportation, health and human services, vehicles and the like. So it really, you know, it, it helped us learn more about the state of transportation, but it was a real conversation starter to help folks sit down together and have new aspirations for mobility in the community. And that's what we've been working on with lots of partners since. You know, we talked just a minute ago about, you know, just awareness and education. And that's been something I have encountered is it when we talk about all of these different modes and ways people travel, whether it's bus or car or, or walking, you're right. It seems like a lot of people think the end goal is to buy your own car. But, but a lot of people just don't realize what does it really cost every month to own that car? I mean, you know, obviously you think about gas, but it's the maintenance, it's the insurance, it's everything else that goes into it. Mm. Just it, it really, I think people need to question why do we, why do we need a car? And, and mm. do we and do we really need a car? And instead of that being the end goal, I would love to, to switch the conversation and have people start talking about what do we need to do so that we don't have to own a car anymore? Yeah, it, I agree completely. There are so many ways that I think about that point. I mean, just one is if you are ever stuck in traffic at a light and you look around at all the cars around you, even if you are bound and determined to always own your car and drive it by yourself every day to work, if you could get rid of 10 of the 40 cars around you in traffic by getting folks on a bus, you have made your own life better. So really everyone can benefit from transit and other modes of transportation, even if they themselves don't ride on it. It's a great help for congestion. It's a great help for not needing more lanes of traffic. It helps climate issues. But from a savings perspective, like you just described, that's where you can really help people build wealth um, and save money. You know, just from a personal perspective, I decided last year to try to ride only transit for at least a quarter. Now, of course, last year, one quarter in, we had a pandemic, which meant we weren't traveling as much anymore. Right. And so we continue to not have that extra car that we might have for the whole year. And I wanted to try it so that I could, you know, walk the talk around my preaching about transit all the time. I found it to be a great experience. But when our family went a whole year without a car payment and insurance and all of that, I mean, that's some real money that you can save. And that helps a family move economically in the world. There's no doubt about it. And, and I, really, I, I, that's impressive that you were able to do that because a lot of people would hear you say that and say, there's no way I could give up my car. And, you know, and also recognize that, especially in many areas of the upstate, it is not feasible for somebody to not own a car because yes. we don't have the infrastructure in place for people to travel um, in other ways. Yes, that's right. You know, and so I think having the proper aspiration for the role transit can play is really important. Even transit providers would never tell you that they think everyone should get out of their car and ride transit. I mean, really, it's not it's a small percentage of any given region, except for in a place like New York City or Boston or Chicago. But in most places, it's to help some people where it makes sense to help everyone else have better outcomes. So someone who can't afford a car, doesn't want to afford a car, who lives close to a transit stop and works close to a transit stop. As one great example, I was at a conference in Minneapolis where they have outstanding transit in their urban core. And one of the women who sat next to me at a table said, oh, I'm from Minneapolis. And I said, oh, do you love your transit system? And she's like, well, I mean, I only ride it on days like today when I have to come downtown to a conference and I don't want to pay $25 for parking. 
that shows the whole array of outcomes transit can create. That doesn't mean everyone in the world has to hop on it. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to get your perspective. So since 2015, uh, what kind of progress do you think we've made here in Greenville in the areas of transportation? Yeah, I am so proud of all that we have done together and Upstate Mobility Alliance is a key example of that. Back when we started the conversation, I think there wasn't a full understanding of, of how many different outcomes can come from transit for one thing. But our transit system itself was not in a terrific place. It you know, was very poorly funded. The vehicles were in terrible repair. Um, the routes were very poorly designed and there was not a good plan for how to carry the system forward. So since that time, um, even though the general public might not see, although I think they are beginning to see the changes. There have been dramatic changes since. GreenLink's whole fleet is in a state of great repair with some wonderful Proterra electric buses added to the fleet, locally manufactured. They have retooled their routes to be more user-friendly um, and, and kind of go the directions folks want to go. They've added electronic fare payment so you can pay on your smartphone or get a reloadable card. And that reloadable card is actually better for folks in poverty because it has a monthly cap with unlimited rides. Um, you can track on your smartphone where the bus is and plan a trip in Google Transit, which was so vital to me when I was only riding transit last year. Um, there have been some amazing changes, the biggest of which is just in the last month, they have gone to extended hours till 1130 at night. And that is a game changer for people. So it is thanks to the leadership of the staff and to the board at GreenLink, but also to lots of community partners like us. And Upstate Mobility Alliance is a big part of helping make that conversation more regional and help us think interconnectedly about the work we do. Where do you want to see Greenville go from here? What do you think um, in public transit? And I agree. And I tell people public transit is the foundation that we have to build off of, even outside of public transit. What do you want to see in terms of sidewalks or trails or other mobility options, where, where do you think we go from here? Yeah, it's, it is all interconnected. And I think that given, if you look at just Greenville County and the city of Greenville's comprehensive plans that were recently approved, which both have to do with how land is used and how we grow, it acknowledges that this is all interconnected. So if we grow in a way that really spreads us out from each other, it's farther that we have to travel, whether that's in a car or in a bus, and it makes it not a worthwhile investment to put in sidewalks and trails and the like. So growing in a smart way that best uses our land helps us use all of these resources and, and connect in a better way to each other. And I feel like I'm better understanding all of that. I know that if I get off a bus, it's much nicer to have to walk two blocks to my destination on a lovely sidewalk than it is to have to, you know, walk in grass for a half a mile. Um, that kind of development's better for everybody. So I think just this better understanding of, of how we grow, how we connect to each other is what will help us make the most of our resources in the upstate going forward. Yeah, one of the things I've been really excited about lately is seeing the, the reuse of abandoned buildings. You know, mm. for, for a long time in Greenville, we can use the Lawrence Road uh, corridor as an example. I remember when the big box stores left Lawrence Road and moved out to Woodruff Road and all of the development that went on and those buildings sat vacant for years and years. Lawrence Road already had the transit infrastructure in place. It had the sidewalks and yet it's been 
I don't even know, 15 years probably Mm -hmm. until we finally started to see people start to reuse those properties. So for me, that's where I really get excited is whenever I start to see these places that have that infrastructure in place already start to get new life and be redeveloped. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree completely. Really, any of our counties or municipalities, its biggest resource is the land that is in there. And we can only do so many things with each acre. And, you know, when you look at a vacant big box, a couple of big box properties are the same size as our entire downtown of the city of Greenville that has thousands of jobs, thousands of residents living there so much vibrancy and so much tax returns, frankly, for the community. So every parcel we can use really well just benefits all of us. Well, Katie, I just want to thank you for what you're doing. I think really when I think about the changes in transportation and mobility in Greenville, it really did, I believe, start with you and the work that the Piedmont Health Foundation did. So I just want to thank you for for what you've done. Well, thank you, Michael. It's been informed by the work of a lot of wonderful folks and doing it together, working with other counties through Upstate Mobility Alliance is what will really carry all of us forward into the next couple decades. So appreciate all that you're doing too. Thank you. How can, how can people get involved with your organization? What, what are ways that uh, the public can help support what you're doing? Yeah, well, if they can visit us at PiedmontHealthFoundation.org, and we're actually looking forward to helping start some new conversations with GreenLink. There's a a Facebook page called Greenville Connects that was very active last year, um, looking at advocacy for transportation, and hopefully that'll get started again soon. In a great way, there's a lot of conversations going on. GreenLink is probably the best party in Greenville County to follow on Twitter and the like. Their communications... Uh, Lead Nicole McCadden does a great job of getting the word out about their work. So I would highly recommend that too. Good. All right. Well, thanks again, Katie. I appreciate it. Thanks, Michael.